1: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Alaris Equity Partners Income Trust first quarter 2021 earnings conference call. At this time, all lines are in listen only mode. Following the presentation, we'll conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Friday, May 7th, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Darren Driscoll. Please go ahead.
2: Thanks Colin and good morning everyone and welcome to Alaris Equity Partners conference call and webcast to discuss financial results for the three months ended March 3rd, 31st, 2021, as well as a brief corporate update. I'm Darren Driscoll, Chief Financial Officer of Alaris and I'm joined on the call by Steve King, President and CEO of Alaris. After a short presentation from Steve and I, there will be a question and answer session. Lines will be placed on mute until then to avoid background noise. Before we begin, I need to remind our listeners that all amounts given are in Canadian dollars, unless otherwise noted. Listeners are cautioned that comments made today may contain forward-looking information. This forward-looking information is based upon a number of important factors and assumptions, and as a result, actual results could differ materially. Additional information concerning the underlying factors, assumptions, and risks is available in last night's press release and our MD&A for the period under the headings Forward-Looking Statements and Risk Factors. Copies of which are available on CEDAR at CDAR.com, as well as our website. Uh, Non-IFRS uh, data is also presented and may differ from the way other companies present. As with the forward-looking statements, please refer to last night's press release and our MD&A for the period for more clarification regarding non-IFRS measures. Okay, now we've got that important stuff out of the way. I'd uh, go through a handful of uh, highlights uh, for the quarter. Uh, Q1 revenue of $32.2 million, uh, precisely as guided when we published our year-end uh, just uh, in early March. Uh, for the comparative period, Q1 2020 had $9.5 million of SBI revenue that they par- paid as a part of a three-year make-hole, which inflated the prior year numbers. You back that out, and Q1 this year is up approximately 17% on a per-unit basis year-over-year. A uh, comment specifically to revenue, a new revenue in the quarter of $4.8 million from 3E, FNC, Edgewater, and Brown and Settle, and of note, a full quarter starting in Q2 from those four partners will be approximately $6.3 million. Kimco is paying us full distributions, and that includes a positive 6% reset uh, effective January 1st. Planet Fitness still paying us that 40% distribution rate, and the weighted average aggregate reset of plus 1%. Percent is included in those numbers, and really an incredible stat given what has transpired over the last uh, 12 months, 12-15 months. Also included in the quarter common dividends of 383,000 from new partner FMC in Q1, as they have continued their practice of paying monthly dividends, and that's what we expect going forward. EBITDA 34.1 million in the quarter does include a $4 million bad debt recovery in the quarter, as we have collected $4 million recently from. Uh, 4 million US uh, recently from Kimco, uh, old accounts receivable and prom notes that were previously provided for on our financial statements. And that's a direct result of Kimco's exceptional financial performance over the last 15 months. A normalized EBITDA of 28.8 million is an increase of 22.5% on a per unit basis compared to the prior year period. The increase, a direct result of record gross employment of $174 million in Q1 all previously announced and now showing up in our revenue. Uh, For perspective, Q4 2020 was $142 million, and our largest 12-month calendar year ever was $193 million in 2019. Our payout ratio is at its lowest historical level, between 65 and 70%. Now, Q1, uh, except of course for last year, is generally a quiet quarter for fair value changes, given the proximity to our year-end audit. But we still had three modest increases to report for a total of $4.5 million U.S. at March 31st. Uh, Kimco is up $2.2 million U.S., Global Wide Media up $1.3 million, and Federal Resources up just under $1 million U.S. All in about $5.5 million Canadian or $0.12 cents per unit, and all generally based on an exceptional outlook and start to 2021. As previously disclosed, a reminder Q1 saw big changes on the borrowing front to match our growth. In one year, our EBITDA went from $90 million to over $120 million. And in Q1, we did increase that facility from $330 million to $400 million while adding a seventh bank to our syndicate. Also, I'll remind everyone we have that covenant flexibility over the next six months to navig- navigate around future deployment and the potential and expected redemptions of Kimco and Federal Resources. Uh, those two amounts could mean up uh, upwards of uh, $200 million Canadian in the next quarter or two. Deployment in Q1 included uh, a handful of new deals that included Common shares in FNC, Edgewater and Brown and & Suttle, along with a straight press deal in 3E. Uh, related to Common, we did update our disclosure in md as our expectations for Common dividends is different in each case. Uh, but other than Planet Fitness and, and Brown and & Settle in the near term, we do expect cash yield on those common shares over the long term. We assumed a small amount in our run rate, but since they're discretionary, it's hard to build into our, until we see a, a regular pattern. Of note, we have very different dividend paying habits, ranging from FNC paying us monthly, to EMER twice a year, and carry and others annually. It uh, will not be in every deal we do, and uh, we will continue to uh, have it only being a small portion of our capital deployed. From a partner update standpoint, the portfolio that's continued to shine, weighted average ECR is approaching one point75 times and at its best level historically. Still fifteen of twenty partners at seventy five percent have have an ECR of over one and a half and now eight of those fifteen are over two times. Uh, Plan Fitness is on track to restart full distributions in July. And nothing assured but membership numbers and EBITDA are ahead of forecast and covenants trending towards compliance for the June thirtieth measurement date and that would improve our payout ratio by about 5% to, uh, to under 65%. Kimco is maintaining its successful run. Revenue and EBITDA continue at all-time high levels, paying us full distribution and even paid us that $4 million U.S. Uh, mentioned earlier. And with our support, we're actively looking for sources to take us out. Uh, it could be between U.S. Uh, 60 to U.S. $80 million and a significant gain over our book value uh, that's just over $40 million U.S. Uh, We would need to transact to realize that, uh, but they are a few more steps closer to that since we last uh, spoke. Again, nothing is assured and if nothing transpires, we will continue to collect our contracted and growing yield and our unpaid distributions would be collected over time rather than in a redemption event. Uh, I should also note that a Kimco Redemption would have almost no impact on our payout ratio because of all the unlocked value that I just described. Uh, Federal Resources is another company that is exploring redemption alternatives. Nothing imminent nor assured, but a redemption would be above our book value, uh, over 100 million Canadian, and result in an above average IRR, well above our, our, our historical average of 16% uh, over the term of the investment. The Federal Resources redemption impact on the payout ratio is more significant than Simco, Kimco, but would largely depend on the timing of, uh, of redeploying that cash. The combination of these two redemptions would provide over 200 million, as I mentioned, that would reduce our debt levels, and more importantly, provide additional capital for reinvestment into 2021. Uh, just a couple of quick comments on the weaker U.S. dollar and the impact it has on Alaris. Uh, as it relates to those expected redemptions I mentioned, uh, it'll just be a paper impact. We, we will simply be paying U.S. denominated debt, so the only impact uh, you will just see in a, in a, on a non-cash basis in our financials. As for future quarters, this does inspa- impact our revenue, but we do have over $30 million in forward contracts over the next 12 months. Uh, at, at around a dollar thirty three. So you'll see some realized FX gains over the next few quarters that will offset uh, a good chunk of that softness that we're seeing today. Our outlook for Q two calls for revenue of 33.8 million. Uh, and as we mentioned at year end our GNA did spike in twenty twenty due to the trust conversion and some additional legal bills. And we do expect a more normal GNA expense a year of twelve and a half of million and our Q one total GNA of two point four million is well in line with that expectation and down about uh, half half a million dollars from uh, from the same
3: quarter last year.
2: Uh, Those are my uh, comments on the financials, and I'll pass it over to Steve before
3: we go to Q&A. Great. Thanks very much, Darren. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, Obviously, looking at our portfolio, uh, I certainly haven't seen a time in our 17-year history where literally every company in our portfolio is trending positively. Uh, It's early in the year, but in addition to the names that Darren mentioned, uh, I'll also highlight uh, GWM, Body Contours, and FNC as three of our larger partners that are all experiencing exceptional growth this year. Uh, all three companies are on their way to maximum resets for 2022 and very large ECR numbers based on current run rates. Uh, we're also at an interesting crossroad as it relates to our balance sheet, as uh, Darren has mentioned, uh, along with our capital deployment program. So we've spent $355 million over the last 12 months, uh, which is by far, a record pace, and uh, we've got 310 and change uh, drawn on our bank facility. So, from the outside, it appears that we don't have too much more room uh, without uh, going back to the equity markets, which uh, is not uh, not true, obviously. And, and uh, Darren has touched on Kimco and federal resources, and the roughly 200 million dollars we expect from those. So, that will have uh, a huge impact, not only on our book value, but also fund you know, the majority of our expected deployment over the next uh, course of this year. Uh, so based on transactions that are in progress, we could be in a position over the next few months to have less than 200 million drawn on our debt facility and still have a payout ratio below 70%, which is extraordinary. So these redemptions are important to us because flow continues to come in at a record pace. Uh, multiples being paid by traditional private equity firms are at an all-time high and competition is fierce. Uh, but we do continue to have success because of the one-of-a-kind structure that we've created specifically for entrepreneurs who don't want to give up control of their business. We expect to remain active through the rest of this year, not just with new partners, but we also have several current partners that are active in current acquisition processes that will require further capital from Alaris. So uh, an exciting time for us and our shareholders. And Colin, I'll I'll, uh, turn it over to you for questions.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star, followed by one on your touch-tone phone. You'll hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star, followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Okay, your first question comes from Nick Preeb from CIBC Capital Markets. Nick, please go ahead.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
4: Okay, thanks. Um, just a couple questions on Planet Fitness growth partners. Um, in the event that they resume full distributions in July, uh, would there also be a plan to catch up on previously deferred distributions? And and if so, um, I assume it would be consistent with your prior treatment where those revenues would only be recognized when they're received. Just uh, some comments on that would be helpful.
2: Yeah, you bet, Nick. There, There is a plan. Uh, the plan is to get uh, full distributions going starting July and then there is a plan to start catching up of about $200,000 a month starting in January of 2022. Uh, they also can pay more if they have more cash to do that, but that's kind of the, the, the plan that we've set in place, uh, obviously subject to bank covenants and things like that, but uh, uh, that's the plan, and you are correct. We will only rec- uh, record that uh, as it comes in, and so uh, that will, rec- that will uh, provide us a-, a little extra boost to, you know, the first handful of quarters in twenty twenty two.
4: Okay, got it. That's helpful. And then um, I think you had pointed out that it would improve the payout ratio about four percent. That's already building on an all time low. So I'm just wondering how you're thinking on the longer term payout ratio has evolved throughout the pandemic. Like I. I presume it's partly a function of the deployment opportunities that you have in front of you and you discussed that a little bit, but just interested to see how your how your thinking's evolved in that front.
3: Yeah, I think uh, our strategy is to keep our payout ratio below 70% uh, long term. So, you know, with Planet coming back on um, and redeploying that capital that's, uh, that's expected to come in, uh, we'll be in a position, uh, I guess, as a board to make a decision on whether to increase the dividend uh, later this year or... Or just uh, continue to drive our payout ratio down. So we'll we'll have to consider the impact, the potential impact on our cost of equity, um, and uh, and the impact of having a a lower payout ratio. So we'll uh, we'll figure that out uh, probably in uh, you know Q three time.
1: Okay,
4: and then uh, last one for me, just a, a point of clarification on federal resources um, and the reset. Like my understanding was that a top of the collar reset was expected but it, it looks like the Q1 revenue rate was unchanged on a sequential basis. It, it's possible I misinterpreted that, but I just wanted to get some color on that.
2: Uh, it, it certainly you know, was a top of the caller reset. Uh, there are some small nuances from from uh, year over year. Some people, some partners uh, uh, pay it to catch up. Sometimes uh, uh, I, I do believe it probably relates to the prior year quarter being a little higher than than it should have been uh in that their their minus six percent wasn't properly uh set. So uh they had a current run rate um uh federal resources uh of uh eleven point three million US and that's their that should be their regular quarterly uh, dividend
3: uh um going forward.
1: Got it. Okay, that's helpful. All right that's it for me. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Scott Robinson from Robertson, sorry, uh, from RBC Capital Markets. Scott, please go ahead.
5: Thanks. Good morning. Good
1: morning.
5: So the first question I have is regarding the valuation ranges for Federal and Kimco. Uh, first on Federal, I guess, you know, why the range? Um, you know, get a little color on you know the premium. I thought it was contractual. Uh, the second on Kimco, Darren, I think in your opening remarks you said. The bottom range of 60. Um, the press release it says 70. If you could confirm that, um, and then also, you know, what has developed over the past quarter that has led you to increase the range and also narrow it?
2: Sure. Okay. I'll start. I'll start with Kimco, and uh, and I, I misspoke on my my comments. Uh, we certainly don't expect anything towards that bottom of that range with Kimco based on on what we're seeing. So it will be, uh, you know, north of uh, north of 70. Um, as long as again, as long as they transact, uh, but based on the, the indications of interest that we're seeing on uh, on taking us out, uh, we're we're quite uh, we're quite positive on that one. For federal resources, we did have to make a change in our disclosure. There is a um, a strange nuance in the in the in the repurchase uh, calculation. So, if it's just a flat out redemption where they just buy us out, it is eighty six million dollars. Uh, if there is a third party sale. Uh, there is some consideration of a third-party multiple that can bring that down a little bit, and so uh, the range we had to put in it—it it, it should read 75 to 86 million, and uh, but we do, still do expect the higher end of the range. But but there is a possibility we get less if there is a if if the redemption does end up being a third-party sale at a, at a at a at a lower multiple than we're expecting, but. Uh, Again, that was just uh, something that we thought that it's not 100% assured at 86, and so we should provide a range. But certainly, will be above our book value.
5: Got it. Okay, that's helpful. Um, and then I guess looking at the G&A line, uh, this quarter was about 2.5 million bucks, um, and in and the and a you guys are sort of guiding towards 12.5. Um, you know, is there some sort of seasonality that you know we should be aware of, or uh, was this quarter just you know exceptionally low? Yeah.
2: Yeah, included in that uh, in that twelve and a half, it would be the uh, performance bonus for for management, which doesn't hit till Q4, and that's on that based on percentage of the increase in distributable cash per share. So there's a million and a half dollar, uh, basically a placeholder, which is kind of what we put paid last year. That would be a Q4. The rest would be as is. So I think Q1 was a little lighter than expected. I think Q2 will also be a little lighter. Uh, you know, again, our, our travel expenses are still way way down. Um, uh, we have a, a conference where we host all of our partners, so that is usually in Q2. Uh, that will definitely not be in Q2, might be in Q3 if we can pull it off. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, sort of a two and a half, a quarter right now is good with a with a bump in Q4 with an accrual for the uh, um, uh, discretionary bonus.
0: Got
5: it. That's helpful. Uh, and I guess my last question, switching gears a bit, I see on your website you guys post an ESG report. Uh, so thanks for that. Um, I guess, you know, in terms of managing the ESG at Alaris itself, but also like investing through an ESG lens, um, you know, how do you guys think about the potential benefits to Alaris? Uh, You know, do you think it could help you compete more in in, in these bids um, and deals if you guys have a track record of being an ESG friendly company? Um, You know, do you think it could help attract better talent or potentially, um, you know, garner more favorable credit terms? You know, how should we think about that?
3: Uh, i don't i don't see that it would uh help us too much in uh, in bidding for new deals but um, you know certainly in terms of you know uh, attracting continuing to attract attract good talent is something that more and more people are going to look for and and uh you know i think it will have an effect on every company's uh cost of capital not just debt but uh, equity as well so those are all considerations in in uh getting with the times and uh and making sure that we're uh,
1: we're leaders in that Great, thanks. That's it for me. Your next question comes from Gary Hull from Desjardins. Gary, please go ahead. Thanks, and uh, good
6: morning. Uh, my first question, can you talk a little bit about the capital deployment pipeline on the new investment side as well in terms of the follow-on uh, next tranche for BCC? Where, uh, where are they at in meeting the financial threshold and or other uh, on, the, on, on the radar?
3: Yeah, BCC has uh, far surpassed the uh, threshold that they would need to do that uh, that next tranche. Um, so that would be one of the prospective uh, follow-on deals that uh, that I was referring to. Um, they're also um, doing essentially an acquisition uh, at this time as well. So so uh, yeah, very exciting times at BCC. Not just with that, but uh, their their organic growth has been uh, has been phenomenal. So. Uh, that's one. Uh, there's there's a couple of other companies that uh, in our portfolio that have that have LOIs that are standing on, uh, on acquisitions that we're working through. So none of them are are uh, are large on their own, but uh, you add all those follow-ons uh, up, and and uh, I think it'll have a meaning meaningful impact on our deployment for this year. Um, and then uh, on the on the new deal side, as I mentioned, uh, you know our deal flow is at record levels. Uh, I think a lot of the industry took some time off uh at the start of the pandemic last year uh certainly has come roaring back and then some so that that's a positive it's also a negative The multiples being paid are at all time highs uh that doesn't affect us as much as uh as uh, other companies in our industry because of our unique structure but uh you know uh, at the margin uh, there's going to be some impact but uh uh we continue to win deals and um it's been uh quite amazing to see over the last 12 months uh, how we've done in extremely competitive processes where we've seemed to have a a very high win percentage uh, in deals where there's you know 20 30 bidders, so um we're uh, we're, we're still uh, optimistic on 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 the deployment uh but obviously we only have so much uh, visibility in terms of you know when deals are going to land and We've been around long enough to know that uh, we shouldn't uh, you know give out uh, hard numbers on on uh, on deals that are hoping to close uh, over the next few months because uh, anything can happen and we did have to walk away from, uh, from a couple of deals this year that didn't make it through due diligence. Um, I don't expect that on the ones that we're working on they're kind of past that point, but uh, anything can happen
6: but it sounds like overall you're fairly confident in uh, redeploying the roughly 200 million that you mentioned from uh, Federal Resources and Kimco over um, the balance of the year?
3: That is the least of my worries. Yeah, no, we, uh, we've we got lots of deals and, and in effect, we've already kind of you know pre, uh, pre-spent that money. Uh, we wouldn't normally have our debt uh, levels up where they're at. So knowing that those are coming, we've kind of pre-spent uh, some of those proceeds. Got it.
6: And then on the flip side, outside of Kimco and Federal Resources, any other potential redemptions uh on the horizon from your discussions with portfolio partners
3: uh nothing uh nothing material in our portfolio that uh that we'd be looking at yeah fleet, fleet is one
2: that we've talked about for a while and that 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 is still looking at something but uh, that that they've been looking for a while so I don't, there's nothing imminent there but uh yeah nothing nothing uh on the immediate horizon
6: Got it. And then Darren, this is my last question. Um in your run rate revenue 135.4 million, you included a uh, token two million
4: in common dividends.
6: You know, is that a conservative estimate? Uh if so, you know, what is the upside to common distributions from your seventy million roughly of uh common equity investment?
2: Uh you know, I certainly we view two million as conservative. Uh what's the upside? I really I really don't know. I mean we've got a company like Kerry Electric, it's small, but uh uh, our common investment's only 900 grand, but we could see something that uh, uh, is 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 quite significant uh, compared to that size of an investment. Uh, FNC is paying us a nice monthly dividend. or uh, we expect a couple um, here uh, in June and 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 December, uh, so maybe a, a couple of million more. But I, you know, somewhere in two to four is probably a good range, and uh, and I hope to 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 uh, to get even more. But uh, it, it depends. You know, you got a company like Brown and Settle that that. Right now, we're focused on, uh, on, uh, on and balance sheet uh, uh, repayments, and, 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 and so I think that one longer term will be a very good dividend pair, but, but right now isn't. So just really too hard to peg and, and, and forecast, and, and just because, as I mentioned earlier, it, you know, we, we have such a, a wide range of dividend policies as far as timing, uh, so it will be a little lumpy, but uh, so we thought we'd just throw in $2 million for an annual basis and, uh, and give us something there to, to, to beat.
1: Uh,
6: makes makes sense. And that's it for me.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Gary.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star, followed by one. Your next question comes from Zachary Evershed from National Bank Financial. Zachary, please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, everyone.
3: Good morning, Zach.
6: You mentioned that Planet Fitness is trending toward Bank Covenant compliance, so I'm assuming that they're currently non-compliant, but based on how they're currently trending, can you give us an idea of either the level of risk or the cushion, the comfort against a delay in resuming full distributions on the July schedule if we do see uh, some kind of hiccup in the vaccination rollout, for instance?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this, this is still the one that is, without a doubt, the most COVID sensitive in our portfolio. So what could get in the way of that? I asked that exact question on our uh, update call with Planet Fitness last week, and, and it would be a, you know, a further lockdown if, if one of the states that they operate in did uh, did revert back. Uh, we certainly don't see that in the horizon, so, uh, but that is something that, that could get in the way. Otherwise, their membership numbers, their their covenant numbers are showing lots of room and uh and so we view that as a much uh small you know the really the, the only the, the risk is is just a further uh uh shut down a flare-up uh, something like that in one of the you know we washington
3: state uh maryland florida or tennessee yeah they don't they don't need to uh improve at all from where they're at today that um it's just you know the the bank is just using june 31st as uh as the measurement date. that's all we're waiting for and um it uh it's one of these times where it, uh It's nice to be a Canadian investor in U.S. businesses because uh, we're getting locked down and uh, they're getting opened up. So um, certainly for our portfolio's benefit, uh, we're in a a really good place as it comes to the COVID kind of influence.
6: Bit of a sneak peek for the reopening. And just one more question for you, maybe on the philosophical side. Um, With the addition of your small common equity investments, obviously your pool of applicants has widened. And do you think that that leads you to be more selective in the quality of your partners, or does it really increase the number of deals instead?
3: yeah I think I don't know if I'd say more selective we've we've always been very selective, but uh, you know it does require a slightly different lens uh, when you're when you're looking at a deal where you know because our prefs have always been capped on the upside, um, we've never been you know, too concerned about, you know, a company's forecasts, uh, you know, huge growth and whatnot. We we didn't get to participate in all that. You know, it's all very nice for the entrepreneur, the uh, the common equity owners, but you know, we were strictly looking at cash flow stability. Um how with a chunk of common on most of these deals, um, you know, that is you know, a, a bigger factor for us uh to evaluate the uh, you know, the growth uh, prospects of each of these companies. So Still uh, equally as selective, but, um, you know, in terms of the overall expected return on investments, we do have to look at it slightly differently now. That's
6: great, color. Appreciate it. I'll turn it over. Thanks.
1: Your next question comes sure. from Creover uh, Reynolds from ACU Capital. Please go ahead.
2: So, job, our, uh,
1: Morning, guys.
3: Um, just a quick one on uh, CCCOM. uh Has there been any change on that front uh, on the back of the T-Mobile and Sprint merger and, and retail opening up, or is it uh, you know steady as it goes kind of on that front? Yeah, we, uh, when I mentioned that uh, all of our companies are trending positively, that included CCCOM, So their uh, their cash flow is, uh, has improved quite a bit since the merger, and uh, they seem to have. Kind of made it through the the uh, the COVID situation, and and uh, there's been quite a quite a bit of consolidation in the number of stores between kind of T-Mobile and Sprint. Uh, there was a kind of a planned closure of a certain percentage of stores, and and that's helped things out as well on a on an individual store basis, um, made them more profitable. So so yeah, we are seeing very good uh, things at a CCom, and we're we're optimistic there.
5: Yeah. Great, thanks.
1: Yeah, that's it for me.
3: Great,
5: thank you.
1: There are no further questions at this time. I'll turn it back to Steve for closing remarks.
3: Okay, thanks, Colin, and uh, thanks again, everybody, for, for listening in. As always, uh, please contact us directly if you have any further questions, but uh, we look forward to coming back in three months with uh, with more good results. So have a great day.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today.